And we're back to, I guess my podcast is hunkering down with Peter Schorsch. That started during the pandemic. Um, I'm probably the opposite of hunkering down right now. Although after two plus years of avoiding COVID, I did have to hunker down uh, for a week in London after contracting it. But um, because I was vaccinated, it was mild. Uh, The biggest hiccup was getting a flight back. Fortunately, I lobbied President Biden and he changed all of the CDC rules uh, to get me back into the country. I appreciate that, Uncle Joe. So I'm back. We are here on uh, the last day of candidate qualifying in Florida. And I asked two of my friends, and two ace political consultants on the right-hand side, uh, Republican Anthony Pettacini on the, on the left, uh, Reggie Cardozo, to come in. We're going to have some instant analysis on some of the things that have transpired this week uh, and just kind of break down very quickly what we saw in candidate qualifying. Reggie, Anthony, how are you guys doing? Good, man. How are you guys? Good to see you, Anthony. Yeah, I had back spasms all morning, so I could have. <laughs> this is a stress. This is a stressful week. <laughs> I'm stealing you guys from, uh, from. We should be doing the Evan Donovan TV show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but instead, we're doing this pod. Um, I know. Just a kind of a disclaimer, um, the Division of uh, Elections website, which is notoriously slow, um, is still updating as we speak. So we might have, there might be a couple of areas where maybe a last minute candidate qualified or their paperwork fell through and somebody didn't get on. So that big caveat, but I'm going to start at the top statewide. I think I know what the answer is here, but Governor, Agriculture Commissioner, Attorney General, CFO. I didn't see any surprises. Did anything stand out to you two guys? I mean, Wilton has a token primary. I think I was kind of shocked. Not shocked, but like, okay, so now they're going to make him run a primary. That's actually good for him, I think. But no, no real surprises there. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, I noticed uh, one of our reporters dug on him, and um, I think his last name is Shaw. And he owns uh, several of the um, the like the pretzel kiosks you see in the uh, in the mall. Auntie, what is it? Auntie M's oh, or whatever. Auntie Anne's. I love it. Yeah, Auntie Anne's. Yeah. So oh. you've got the pretzel guy versus the farmer there. Uh, the egg, the egg the guy most... versus the pretzel guy. The egg guy versus and and I think you need to use those eggs for his pretzels. I, I was just going to say you can't make pretzels without eggs. <laughs> yeah. <Fair so>. There's the summary of that race. Um, I mean, I'm going to go back. I think there was a little drama. I think there was like, I, I Reggie, you'll probably knock it down, but I think there were some people that were still holding out hope that maybe Nikki would reconsider this week and switch over to agriculture commissioner. Yeah, I think, I, listen, I think there were people in the party that, um, that thought that that would be a good idea. I don't think anybody including Nikki and anybody in her camp ever that ever crossed their minds. Um, uh, but as you can see, I mean, she, and she's been very, very clear in her message that she's running for governor, even when, you know, there were these rumors about her running against Jared Moskowitz. Well, Kevin Kate kept, Kevin yeah. Kate kept putting out stuff over and over again all week. I mean, it was like, you know, come on, man, we get it. Yeah. So. Reggie, without, you know, giving away too much there, I mean, I don't want you to be so specific that you get in trouble at home. Um, yeah. When do you think the last t- 
time was that there was serious consideration inside of Nikki world to maybe at least look at the option of returning to the agriculture commissioner race, or was that just oh. never a possibility? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I enjoy being married and there's certain things being married to somebody in the process that, you know, certain things we just don't talk about, right? Um, my gut tells me that there was never serious conversation within her camp. I think this was all chatter outside. Um, and maybe coordinated, uh, maybe a coordinated effort. Maybe maybe a coordinated effort from other folks, correct? But I don't I don't believe that, I don't believe that, that uh, to my knowledge, and again, I'm not just because of my uh, my marital status. I'm not the most in tune with uh, with what's going on in their camp. But I don't believe that it was ever something that was seriously considered inside Nikki World or by Nikki herself. Anthony, I I almost want to say this is probably going to be the most boring top of the ballot that we've had in a while. Like, unless something dramatically changes in the governor's race, we see the trajectory there. Um, there aren't any big ballot initiatives. I mean, uh, the gambling ones got taken off. You don't have marijuana. Um, it's I'm not, it's not going to be quiet because there's so much below the surface, especially for like folks like the three of us. But there isn't going to be a lot of statewide stuff, is there? It doesn't look that way. I mean, um, I'm sure. I mean, the general is always the main event, right? So we yeah. always live for these generals on these statewide races. Um, I think watching the uh, Democrat Ag attorney general primary is going to be fun because I think the three of them are just crazy people. Um, and I think it's going to be who can be the who it's going to be the race to who could be the craziest the first. Um, so I think that's going to be fun to watch. But other than that, I think you're right. It's a sleepy it's a sleepy top of the ticket. Well, let's then pivot to what we like, which is the down ballot stuff. It's what we it's what you two make your living off of. It's what I, we report about and make our livings off of. And. You know, it's actually, and I think people don't realize this uh, outside of the political world, the primaries, for us, the primary is busier than the generals, right? Because there's there's more candidates, there's more races. I mean, I know we'll, we will track like 110 to 120 primary races, and then we'll drop down to like 20 or 30 general election races. And Overall. I imagine, yeah, yeah, I imagine the same kind of, um uh volume change is there for you guys too right sure sure there's i mean there are a lot of races in florida that are decided in the primary right so you have large swaths of the state that are either red or blue and so once a candidate comes out of a state house or state senate race right and they go into the general there really is no race it's just kind of going through the motions but right. i mean there are some really contentious primaries um i think that that have taken shape some of them i don't we don't know if they're open or closed i mean i i saw yeah I saw more open primaries this year, meaning that uh, neither a write-in nor a, a, an opposing party candidate got in to close it um, than I've seen in a long time. Yeah, same here. And I was, that's funny you say that, Anthony, because I was just looking at that at 12, you know, around 12 o'clock and called the division of elections and they were saying how delayed they are. So maybe that'll change a little bit. Um, but I think that, and, and this could be completely far off, but I think that there's, not as much of an appetite to get involved with that, considering all of the other elections frauds and putting candidates yeah. in races that's been going on. You know, I think even uh, though there's nothing illegal about having a right in a race. Correct. I agree. No, there's I not. I agree. I just think I think that people are just a little bit more 
conscious of what uh, of what's been going on lately. And so um, I think you see that that happening um, across the board, both in Democratic and some Republican primaries as well. Other, other right, than well, the open, pri- sorry, other, other than the open primaries, Peter, I think that the two biggest things are the governor's, uh, you know, if you want to use the word meddling, the governor's insistence on endorsing candidates in some of these Senate primaries, and then the lack of Democrats um, as of right now that have challenged Republican senators. I think those yeah. are the two largest takeaways in Florida politics oh. as of one o'clock today. Well, let's I, go through I, that right yeah. right now. Unless I am wrong, I mean, again, um, you know, I I don't want we are putting the horse before the cart, but this is as of, you know, 1245, one o'clock. Clay Yarborough has a Democratic opponent now, so that has changed. Not that that matters in that district. Is it qualified? Uh, Yeah, he qualified. Blaze Angolia drew a Green Party candidate. Blaze is out at the World Series of Poker right now. I'm not outing him on that. He's actually on the leaderboards, and so we see him doing that. Uh, but I have Danny Burgess, Aaron Grawl, Gail Harrell, Jason Pizzo, and Anna Maria Rodriguez um, yeah. all being reelected uh, without opposition. I did and, and not Brian, see Brian Avila, no opponent. Mm. Thirty-nine. Oh, Avila. Okay, and then did uh, Pasadomo get an opponent? Nope, Pasadomo no. did not, and and all Britain's Democrat has yet to qualify. Correct. Okay, so that is there, and then there's about two dozen um, state house folks that got reelected. It's mostly, and you know this better than we do. I Anthony, think, would you say Bobby Powell, Peter? Bobby Powell doesn't have okay. What's, what's, either? Um, I can't find Bobby Powell. What, what receipt is Bobby Powell now? He's twenty. He's twenty-four, guys. Now. He has a Republican file, but hasn't has not qualified. Has yeah, not but the qualified guy got, the guy, wait, wait, but the guy's got enough petition signatures. So this could be one of those that's a lag. He's got his oath uh, in. Could be. Could he's be. got his You're oath right. in. I don't see a form six, but he's got his petition. So if you got your petitions and you got your oath in, there's a real good chance you're going to qualify. I think this this may be a case, Reggie, and I, I'm nothing against Bobby Powell. This may yeah. be a case of a guy just the state's a little behind on that one. Yeah. Um, Handicapping it from the documents. The um, I think I mean, I-, I guess like one of the things with like not having opponents, Anthony, is this a I, I-, I like so one of my arguments is that like Mary, it's the opposite of the Mary Ellen class argument. I look at the fact that people are relatively content with their state lawmakers then mm-hmm. like that these Republicans get reelected for the most part without. I mean, I get the term limits impacts that, but I think there has to be something to be said for so much of the legislature um, not like drawing opposition. Well, you think of some of the areas these people are from, right? So you got Miami, very contentious partisan area, Tampa for Danny Burgess, very contentious partisan area, Palm Beach um, for Gail Harrell, very contentious political area. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think overall when, when we poll things, Republicans are doing much better in the, in polling in Florida in the legislative races than the Democrats and, and compared to other places in the country, too. Um, part of that, I think, is the governor has a huge favorability rating right now. I think part of it is that the things that the legislature has, has done, whether you're like it or not, are extremely popular. And it's led to um, led to this. I think I, even but, you know, I hate to dog on my Democratic friends. They are so disorganized and fighting amongst themselves on the other side. 
that I think that is the biggest component of why there's not more Democrats running. They're just, they're just, they're they're focused on an internal fight right now, which is absolutely crippling them. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I think that although, although some of these districts that these uh, senators without opposition are running in are in areas that are, uh, that are competitive, I think their districts probably aren't as competitive, right? Like, you know, the area of Gale, Gale Harrell and Palm Beach County is not as competitive as South Palm Beach County is, right? Uh, or mid, you know, and I think the same thing can kind of go for one or two of those other folks, right? Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, listen, as a, a, a lifelong Democrat here in Florida, that's always been our issues, not being organized and having some infightings and, and quite honestly fighting over uh over the wrong over the wrong things right and but you know i think at the end of the day it's candidate recruitment as well right and yeah. we we've got to we've got to figure out a better way to recruit good quality candidates and then support them throughout um uh and support their their staffers too throughout i mean something that I think the Republicans do a really good job of, is, is making sure that people are falling in line and doing what they need to be doing for the greater good of the Republican Party. Um, and some will argue that that happens because they have chits to throw out and bones to throw out. And you've got, you know, the money and, and, and the control uh, and Democrats don't. But there still should be a way to recruit good candidates. Well, there is there is an overriding sense that if it's good for the goose it's good for the gander on our side correct sometimes it doesn't take chips it's just hey man this is the way this is going you could be you could be you could be in the family you could be out out of of the family correct correct that's that's and that's and that has proven to be extremely successful here in florida um and something that i wish democrats would adopt let's uh you know i mean let's stay focused on candidate qualifying though because we're never going to solve the problems of the Florida Democrats. Um, I, all right, so this I'm going to give you guys my list of surprises. And I love the background of this podcast. We got Sutton James uh, in Reggie's. We got my dogs and we got Anthony's phone. Um, uh, I silenced this is my, my phone. It was getting crazy over here. I, I guess this is like, is this real or not real? Um, you tell me or like, here's my list of surprises. I'm working on like a, a top 10 list. Number one, return of Corinne Brown. I think that's the biggest surprise out of <laughs> right? uh, out of uh, qualifying week. I was just, not. I did not see that one coming. Just when you thought she was black flag dead. Now, does she? Does she the one win? that said that? Yeah. Oh, she said it. You're not being racist. Don't worry. I get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Reggie, does she win on that in that race in CD10? I mean, what oh, is that? God. I don't know, right? Like no one. I don't think anybody ever expected her to run again, much less yeah. pop up out of uh, the uh, you know the eleventh hour. Um, I, How I think many that's candidates already, are in that race? That's uh, that's what I was going to say, Anthony. Like, there's probably you know I'm exaggerating, but twenty well, people running in that race. I mean, there's probably I Maxwell think Frost probably, is the. I got ten Max- qualified Democrats. Ten qualified Democrats in a, in the congressional district. That's including, crazy, right? Including Alan Grayson, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, Alan Grayson's in yeah, there. I mean, Maxwell Frost but I think is, Peter, is Peter, you're the leading fundraiser, and yeah. and Randolph Bracey may be the, I don't know, the most establishment of the of the characters. Yeah, but you may be onto something there. I mean, because that field is so large in the Democratic primary, you get to narrow down 
your universe and your win number yep. and you you actually get to spend more money concentrated on smaller voters right like 20 percent wins correct if that right and so yep. Uh, if that and so you know, I think that that just creates that anybody anybody is game here. It sucks for you know people like Bracy, who I think would be a great uh, and even Max uh, Frost, right? Like um, that they have to deal with the Corinne Browns and the uh, and the uh, crazy Allens, but like it is what it is, and that's that's a that's a, I think you're absolutely correct. That's a very the big state. The state just made a massive update on their on their uh, list here. When you refresh it, FYI. They dropped okay. a lot of people off. Oh, um, great. My second biggest surprise, although it's probably not, uh, this is maybe the second biggest surprise at the congressional level, is Jason Fitcher dropping out of the CD4 race. And the only reason why that is, I say that it was a surprise, and I know Anthony, you're going to be like, oh, we knew this was happening. I made was, the face. Yeah, I made the face. <laughs> he was telling everyone up until this week that the governor yeah. was going to endorse him and that he was him. going um yeah and that he was going to get that race now everything that i hear is that he got a call and said hey listen if you don't drop out the aaron bean endorsement is coming tomorrow morning so would you like an endorsement for the property appraiser race but i still feel like if you go just by jason fisher's action and remember this is a guy who spent four hundred thousand dollars or at least the super PAC did four hundred thousand uh, dollars on television advertising just to get to the point that he dropped out i think it's a big surprise still well it's why you don't spend money this early um, except on digital advertising but go ahead no, yes i mean yeah yeah on on one website but um yeah i don't i don't think it's listen if the governor is going to come in and, and and endorse somebody in your race you're going to move over if you're republican i mean that's it so whether he was whether he was going to whether Jason thought he was going to get the endorsement or not, he didn't. He did the right thing by dropping out, like we just talked about. Um, I don't know if that's a huge surprise though this year. When Aaron Bean got in, I think a lot of people thought, "Oh, well, this is going to be Aaron's to lose." I did. I mean, Aaron's Aaron's beloved by a lot of people. I was worried that he was. I guess he's too nice of a guy. Like that, I had this like nice guys uh, finish last thing where like somehow he was gonna you know they were gonna turn him into you know he was a rhino or some bullshit like that um even though he had done he had carried a lot of the governor's bills including like the immigration policy etc i was worried that fisher was going to come in there and i mean i i i just i just don't like jason fisher i i think and i think that somebody switching with four different times inside of one cycle basically is all you really need to know about Jason Fisher at this point. So I feel bad for the Hillsborough, or excuse me, the Duval County property appraisers office staff. Um, but hopefully we don't have to hear too much more about Fisher at the, at the state level. Any, what's your um, number? What's, what's your number three? Okay. Um, so I think that, again, I think this was surprising and I think again, it's not surprising necessarily to us, but it, it sure sounded like it was a surprise to Kathleen Pasadomo. Uh, Ray, Rod uh, Ray Rodriguez leaving uh, when he did, and then Jay Martin entering that race. Um, you know, clearly the Senate campaign arm got caught flat-footed there. Um, whether or not they, you know, came back later and tried to, like, um, uh, retroactively say that they knew, they didn't know on Wednesday, Thursday, and I, you know, this is going to be the thing that launches a thousand narratives about 
uh, Kathleen Pasadoma. I thought this was a big surprise. I, I think it was a big surprise too. I think it was a big surprise that, you know, people may have heard about as a rumor, but didn't really think it was real. Um, but yeah, I think it caught a lot of people flat-footed. Number four, and I think Reggie, you're gonna, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this one. It, it's not so much a surprise. Well, uh, I, this is my number five. I, I jump it, but that's okay. Um, Loran <laughs> Osley drawing a challenger. That's not a surprise, nope. I guess. But I mean, we know that they've had a hard on to get rid of her for a while. Well, they the seat's more camp. red. So what happens there? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the surprise. There, listen, I think there was always a thought that there would be opposition to her there, right? I think there was. I'm not going to lie. I think there was at one point, even if it, I think it was after redistricting, that they thought, oh, she might be more in the clear than what we thought. And I actually heard that Corey Simon wasn't going to run. Um, but him running, I mean, it's not good for, that's not good for Lorraine, correct? I, I can't tell you how much the Senate caucus on the Dem side knew or did not know. Uh, but uh, I think if you're sort of an outsider looking in and you see that race, that race just got a whole lot more competitive, which affects you know, Senate Democrats up and down the ticket for obvious reasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, what definitely a race to watch. It, uh, it, I mean, I, not. I don't want you to give away too much strategy in here. Like, can Loran hang on there? I mean, or is this like, uh, is this just gonna be a? Yeah, I think she can win this. Can she win? Absolutely. Um, is it is it going to be more difficult? Absolutely. Um, is it going to require more resources? Absolutely. Right. Do we have a, a, a lack of resources, Democrats, to begin with? Absolutely. So I mean, it just makes it, the, the map a lot harder. Sure. Here's Osley smart, smart by them. Here's Osley's problem. It's a three point D seat by performance in a year when Joe Biden is polling at 37 percent. I think she's yeah. gone. Well, I guess Kevin Tate's going to have to get out those bike ads again uh, and get her going. <laughs> I think, think the about problem- it. You've got, you've got to convert three points of independence. Forget Democrats. You could put everybody in their corners and you still, you just got to convert in independence. And I'm one in the panhandle where I think anything in the panhandle is trending red. It's not trending yeah. blue. It's not, it's not Orlando. It's the panhandle. Even Leon Well, County and that is- leads me. I would say this is the I think this is the number one decision that Lauren Book and company face. And it goes into like my these are basically interchangeable, the SD3 and SD14 Um, book faces a decision. Do I save Janet Cruz or do I save Lorraine Osley? And I think not only does she want to save Janet Cruz, I think more the outside world wants to save Janet Cruz more than they do Lorraine Osley. I think the lobby core does. I think the hometowns of each of those individual people, I think it goes to Cruz. And so I do think it was, uh, again, I think it was a surprise to see, I don't want to get, I know Sean's a a client of yours, Anthony, but Jay Collins getting in there, that that's a little bit of a surprise to folks. I don't think people saw that coming. That's a big surprise, big surprise. I thought that was a big surprise. And by the way, that knocks Janet, I, I think that knocks Janet back months because now they're in a sprint to figure out who Jay Collins is and how to deal with him. She's in a very similar yeah. situation to Loran. I mean, her seat is not good in a year when Correct. Biden is dragging. He's a drag on the ticket. And she won 
um, because there was no drag on the ticket. Now you have a drag on the ticket. Republicans are polling better with Hispanics. It's going to be a tough slog for her. I think a uh, an, a unknown veteran is a lot like Sean's a really uh, is a nice guy, smart guy, but you knew what his strengths and weaknesses were. And now, I mean, what are you yeah, going to say whole- about uh, Jay Collins? Oh, um, he all he is yeah, is a green I mean- beret. I mean, it, put, it puts raised, listen, it raised puts, by an underage single mom, has an autistic kid, came to Florida for to get his kid a better education, lost his leg in combat. What, how are you going to attack that guy? Yeah, it's tough. It'll be tough for Janet. I mean, I think it'll yeah. be tough for Janet. But like, I do, I do think that. Listen, I think that Janet is going to know how to win this race, right? Like, the the cruise operation is going to come into effect here. She's going to raise the money she needs she's going to communicate you know correctly and more importantly timely on this uh in this race and i think she comes out of it It, again i i point back to the 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 shitty situation that the that the caucus the dem caucus is in by these by these moves that the republicans have done um you know whether it was intentional or not uh you know we can give them we can give them a lot of credit or just say it was, it was not intentional, but uh, you know, it's put the, it's put the Dem caucus in a very, very, very complex position. But, but yes. more so than more so than the Republican moves, the thing that has put the Democrat caucus in the worst position is leaving Anna Maria Rodriguez unchallenged and Brian Avila unchallenged. Brian because those Avalon. races, those races alone would have cost the, the Republican side 15 million bucks that now, you can take that 15 million bucks and you can go after Janet and Loran. So it's crazy I mean, I, that the Anna Maria Rodriguez seat was the most expensive race two years ago. And I mean, and there's not, no competitor now. And then there's nobody there. Uh, that's, that is, I mean, that's remarkable. Uh, and, that, we're not, and we're not talking about, we're not talking about um, Ileana Garcia's seat too, right? Well, Greco didn't qualify, right? Like, yeah. I think that's, I think leaving that seat, I mean, we're, well, they, they have Janelle Perez. They have to. I mean, they didn't leave it open. I mean, no, they don't have. That's not. That's they got in, Raquel Pacheco. They have Raquel, Raquel Pacheco. Pacheco. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm talking about 36. Yep. Right. Like me, that, that beach. Yep. That beach district yep. down there. But still, you uh, now can spend money in 36 and 38, and in Cruz and in Osley, and they still have money left over, guys, in this on the Republican side. Uh, you mm-hmm. can fully fund all four of those contests on every medium. And, and on the ground and everywhere and, and Plus still have you've money got, left over. You've got DeSantis. And, and I I agree with the narrative that DeSantis is going to hold back 20 or 30 million probably for, you know, like DeSantis, the idea that DeSantis is going to spend all of his money by November is not going to happen. He is, it's a full-time operation. He's going to extend it into, you know, next June or whatever as he gears up. But that being said, every the RPOF, uh, or whatever the state party operation and maybe DeSantis just sets up his own operation maybe he runs it through the party I don't know what the mechanics are going to be I don't know if he trusts everybody over there but DeSantis is going to have every there's going to be more paid workers walkers right. callers etc you don't have to you know you don't have to pay for any any of that to get out the vote like you are, I mean a Republican candidate in Florida probably has to spend zero dollars on get out the vote uh, of their own money in in November, correct? Yeah, the par- the party does it. I mean, of course, and they always do. I mean, that's in these t- in these contested races, especially. And the governor's going to turn out areas that traditionally need to be turned out. I mean, 
the more votes we get out of Pasco, Pinellas, Polk, Sarasota, Manatee, um, Seminole, even to an extent, and Lake County, like these these middle sized counties where every percent of turnout you increase is going to be Republican. I mean, that's huge and it's major, and that's what the party spends money on. Yep. Um, okay, let's uh, let's fly through a few more here. God, I wish Anthony I can say that. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Scary news, in my opinion. Uh, this is a surprise. It's uh, the Michael Myers uh, of Florida politics. Mike Hill back in House District 1. I don't know if this is a surprise. I guess we should have realized that he was always lurking out there. I think it's, I mean, Michelle Salzman says it, it wasn't a surprise. She always felt like he was going to come out, uh, come back against her. But this is just, uh, when I when I take the sum total of Corinne Brown, Alan Grayson, David Rivera, and Mike Hill all getting back this week, I'm like, oh my God, Jesus, the horror show. But I'm sorry, I think Mike Hill's a bad guy. I'm I, I just don't. I'm I'm not I'm not pumped about this one. No, nothing against Michelle Salzman because I think she's great. But if you thought Mike Hill was lurking in the bushes against you, you should have saved some of that hundred thousand dollars you spent before qualifying, so you had more of a war chest to defend him off. Um, I think that puts a lot of us at a, at a little bit of, we, we're going to have to spend money to make sure Mike Hill doesn't defeat Michelle Salz. And that's going to, that's going to have to be a caucus decision I, above my pay grade, but I don't think there's any, there's any thirst from the lobby corps or from anyone in either side of the, the aisle to see Mike Hill come back. That's just, that's just my guess. I would, I would agree Is that, that. I, mean, I don't think anybody wants to see him back. Um. What about Rivera coming back, Anthony? Uh, he's as of right now, I still only see him as active. Now he filed probably early this morning, so his mm -hmm. paperwork is going to be some of the last to get in there. But let's just assume that he did jump into the state house. I think a loser here is is Marco Rubio. That's going to have to, you know, it's just more more dealing with the Rivera bullshit that you don't want to have to deal with. There is not a more anticipated form six than David Rivera's. <laughs> for for those who don't know, the Form Six, the financial <laughs> disclosure. Uh, the last time we heard from Rivera, he was uh, consulting for the Venezuela government, Maduro. We want to see what he has done with his money. Um, this is a last minute one. I don't think there's much here, but it's something. Uh, Robert Asensio got in against Carlos Jimenez and uh, CD28. Yeah. Does that matter at all? Is he? I didn't see that he was qualified as of earlier. Well, if he um, filed today, he's going to qualify, you would assume, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, if, you're, if you're filing at the last minute and you don't qualify. I like, I like Robert. You know, listen, I like Robert. I think Robert's got, you know, he's a good guy. Um, I mean, obviously running against Jimenez is an uphill battle there. Um, looks like he'll have a, a primary uh, with Paredes. Paredes. primary if he is the problem with robert is can he raise the money right can he convince enough people to give him that he can win to raise the money uh and i think that's always been his challenge back when you know he was in the house as well i i, I don't know why you would jump in now in this environment um rather than just wait two years for a presidential uh i i i mean i i don't get it i mean i think I just don't see how you're going to overturn a Republican incumbent in South Florida at this point. I mean, I just don't get it. Not with the wind blowing the way it's blowing. Okay. What am I missing? Um, I, let me see. I, 
other notes. I think this is interesting, Anthony, and, you know, you do a lot of work down in South, Southwest Florida. The Florida GOP vice chair, Christian Ziegler, decided at the last minute, or, well, he announced at the last minute that he would not be seen recollect, seeking recollect seeking re-election to the Sarasota County Commission. Now, his district got drawn against him. He lost a, uh, a like a referendum that he basically sponsored, um, has been, had some negative criticism. His wife and he uh, had a, a really uh, controversial article in the Washington Post, but it's still Sarasota County. It's still a red county. Uh, he's a very prominent, you know, Trump and DeSantis supporter. Just got done organizing a flotilla for DeSantis over in Northeast Florida. But I still think this is a big surprise that he's just decided not to run at all. Well, I don't I don't think it is because the other people on his county commission, who are all Republican, by the way, drew a Democrat seat. So they will be, for the first time in the history of Sarasota County, a Democrat county commissioner. And that was the most dumbass, backward thing you can do as a Republican county commission. Whether you like Christian or not, you don't draw a seat for a Democrat. Um, and they did. And so at some point, I think there will be some accountability for these other guys who did it. Whether you like Christian or not, I think he's a great guy. I think he's extremely political and, and he's savvy. He's fun to talk to. He, he loves the fight. He loves the whole idea of politics. And um, I'm sad to see him go. And, and I'm sad to see a Democrat uh, come to the county commission in Sarasota because Republicans didn't have the stones to draw the seat the right way. Speaking of a Republican on county commission, our friend and and uh, Reggie's Twitter sparring partner, Chris Ladvala, is going to walk into a county commission seat without opposition. He's going to go out of the Godspeed, state house. Chris Ladvala, Godspeed. Uh, right into the uh, Pinellas County Commission without. That's some Ladvala magic there, isn't it, Anthony? Um, you know, whether it's Ladvala magic or luck or, or absolute sheer just it's the sharpest elbows in the county. I mean, look, the guy does a great job wherever he is, and, and I wish him the best. He's a good dude. That is going to um, – so the, the Pinellas County Commission does a very good job. Uh, it really does. Like most aspects of state of, – of Pinellas County government, it's, 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 it's – you know, it's a moderate board, uh, but there are some former Democratic lawmakers on there, Janet Long, Charlie Justice – I think they are in for a a rude awakening, uh, you know, now that uh, Representative Ladvala is going to get in there. Who's, and Whose seat did he take? He's going to take Karen Seal. It was Karen Seal's seat. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That worked so out really well. Yeah, it doesn't mess with the numbers on the county, but... No. Um, but now you're going to have a very strident uh conservative republic i don't even know conservative with when you know I, you're gonna have a pinellas you know the lad valors are traditional pinellas republicans um mm -hmm. you know strong on environment conservation water issues but you know fiscally uh you know prudent and all that stuff so that's going to be interesting that gives him you know uh, a whole new lease on life there um i i'm still sorting through everything but do you guys see anything else uh, very interesting um, out of the candidate qualifying. I really want them to hurry up and update this website. It would really be great if they could just give us. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's some races that we're going to be, you know, three or four way primaries that are now going to be head to heads. Um, 
you know, does do Tracy Coster's Democrat and an NPA get qualified? I don't know. Like, I would love to see if that's going to happen. Well, um, I mean, I just think there's a lot of races here that that uh, we don't know of yet, and and it'd be great to. By the end of the night, hopefully they'll be able to catch up. Look, give give the people at the Department of State a lot of credit. This is their Super Bowl, and I'm sure they're ready for it. I heard that they're that the lady who does the documents in that office went down with COVID in the middle of this week, and so that's why they're a little shorthanded. Oh hope wow, gets, really? Yes, yeah, I hope she hope she gets better. But um, I don't think you can. I mean, you know, Artie and Zika is not qualifying in 55, and it doesn't look like the Democrat or the LPF is. But yeah, uh, I wish first, she would just pull out some of these people really right, quick that don't have know? any papers in. Yeah. Um, it's easy for us to say that while you're dealing with, uh, you know, four feet of paper. Yeah, with the, income, the incoming yeah. that's coming in too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, you know, no, I, I think, you know, I'd be interested to see who comes out of that, um, that Bracey primary, let LeVon Bracey primary. That's an interesting one for me in terms of like, um, I, I did, I didn't really notice until right now, but Bruce, Bruce Antone is not qualified uh, he got in there. No, he's going to get in there. I think Scott Powers talked to him. He switched over yeah. and is going to make a comeback against uh, Tavares McCurdy. McCurdy um, yeah, yeah, that'll uh, be an interesting. What seat right is that? Forty-one. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so seeing him sort of get in there is interesting to me because he obviously was elected and pretty well liked back in. Ages ago, when I was uh, doing the house stuff, but but does um, that end up does that end up being an open primary? Uh, what did we say? Forty one. Uh, Forty one. There's a Green Party candidate. There's a Green, but not if the not if the Green qualifies, right? Well, the Green the Green doesn't have any money and has no petitions. Yeah. So and I don't I mean, see it, anything on assuming, here. Assuming Bruce qualifies, which we're saying that he is, I mean, that's four Dems qualified there for that. Open primary. That changed the yeah. whole dynamic. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, I'm going to I'm gonna jump off. I want to wrap here just so that we can uh, get this one up because it's instant analysis. But I think we got a good little trio yeah. here uh, for, you know, big events, draft night, uh, <laughs> coverage, et cetera. And so, you know, we will be, um, we're going to come back. Uh, I'm trying to think what's the, I maybe like, you know, we'll, is, is July 15th or something, we'll do like a campaign finance one uh, after um, all the, uh, is the BB, next. BBM's, BBM's dropping. When the BBM's <laughs> dropping. The kid. Right. That's a good one. And so, all right. Uh, all right my friends, this is, it's always cool to see basically uh, the two guys that I talked to uh, almost the most, uh, Anthony Pettacini of Sims Wins, uh, Reggie Cardozo, Public Square, is that the name of your firm, right? Yes, Reggie? it is. Yeah, yes, it and is. you'll notice he's working some Tallahassee stuff. Uh, I think you got some Pinellas School Board stuff you got to go check on. So I'm going to leave you guys to your, uh, you know, check in with your clients. I'm Peter Shorsh. Thank you very much for coming back to Hunkering Down. We will talk to you again very soon. Bye, guys. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.